Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is typically a uh, sports gambling show, but big news here in New York City today, and that is the, uh, the firing of one David Fisdale from your New York Knickerbockers. So where's the stand right now? Well, he's gone. Also, assistant Keith Smart is gone. Fisdale, 21-83 and 83 in a little less than two seasons. Why the Knicks are sitting at 4-18 and 18 in the Eastern Conference, uh, the worst record in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta is 5-17. and 17. Cleveland is 5-16. and 16. Keep in mind, uh, Fisdale did not last... Uh, Kind of, kind of, uh, two years with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, shorter time span here with the Knicks. So Mike Miller now becomes the interim coach uh, for the Knicks. James Dolan, since he pretty much took over the team in 1999-2000, uh, this Knicks team has been through 12, count them, 12 head coaches. Steve Mills and Scott Perry, uh, still a part of the organization as well. Uh, will more folks get fired? Will more folks uh, no longer be with the organization? Alan Hahn, who of course you can listen to uh, Monday through Friday right here from 7 to 10 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN was on the Michael K. Show and of course you can see Alan on uh, the MSG network as well and he, he uh, does the pre and the post for the Knicks. So I, I do, if you missed his, uh, his interview on the Michael K. Show, I do want to play some clips from it uh, to get us in the more in the know in regard to what went down today with David Fisdale, no longer the head coach of the Knicks. This is Alan again on the Michael K show asking, did he see this coming? Yeah, it felt like it. I mean, yeah, I thought it was going to be, it was, I thought it was going to happen after Monday. I mean, when I did my show Tuesday, I, I was said, I opened it by saying how surprised I was that he was still the coach of the team. And I was even more surprised that he had, he ran practice today uh, and was speaking with the media. Um, keep in mind, uh, the Knicks lost 129 to 92 to Denver. There have been a few pretty much blowout losses for the Knicks. But very interesting, Alan talking about not only Fisdale, he ran practice today, um, also spoke to the media. Apparently at practice was talking to Steve Mills and Scott Perry and then boom, he gets let go. So what happened between practice? Like if you're going to let a head coach go. Are you going to let him run practice that day? Are you going to let him speak to the media that day? Just sounds so dysfunctional. More from Alan Hahn on the Michael K show. Um, should we expect other moves to happen? I think, you know, there's, there is some accountability to be held in the front office, and that's something that remains to be seen. You know, December 15th is when it's the unofficial beginning of trade season in the NBA because that's when now everybody's eligible to be traded. Everybody that was signed and traded in the summer, they now become eligible to be traded. So that's going to be interesting to see if they are aggressive and try to make some moves to move out some of the, uh, the pieces that don't fit here. Maybe they go back to being younger and, you know, say goodbye to some of these one-year and two-year veterans that they gave a try to, um, or if they try to do something dramatic, I don't know. So that remains to be seen. And then from there, you know, where do they go? But I also think you've got to make trades. You've got to make changes to this roster. It is not a good enough roster. It's not just the coaching. It's also the, the, the talent or lack thereof on this roster that doesn't fit together. But keep in mind, it's not just the talent that doesn't fit together. This isn't what was expected. Let's be honest. Right. Like the expectation here was for Kyrie Irving um, 
let alone possibly Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to come to the Knicks. Obviously, that's not what happened. They they ended up in Brooklyn. So this was an organization, and they made some moves and some decisions to try to set themselves up to land some pretty big names coming out of free agency, and that's not what happened. More with Alan Hahn on the Michael K. Show earlier today. Uh, was this the only option for the Knicks and, and James Dolan? When you're where this team is right now at four and eighteen, uh, after you know all the all the, the anticipation about what was to come this off season, and a plan B that you know when you looked at it you tried to figure out how's this going to work, and you guys know how I was before this season started. I didn't have great optimism that this was going to be an instant success, but this was also not a final roster. This was just trying to keep the or perpetuate the rebuild a little bit. But this has been this has been really bad because I'm watching a team that you could just see they don't have leadership among the ranks and they clearly weren't really uh, getting a lot of confidence from the coaching. So, you know, something had to happen, but this can't be the only move. This could be step one, but when, when it's reached this point, you feel like this can't be the only move. The only problem I have, and you guys remember how I flipped out about the Porzingis trade, now, you know, that just frustrating how that was, is that it's just more transition for a franchise that can't get any traction. You know, it's more transition. So interim coach now and you know, waiting till probably the end of the season to have to wait and see what the next era, what the next attempt is going to be. And that's now seven years since they made the playoffs. Allen is, is, is spot on. I feel like whenever you feel this organization is, is taking two steps forward, you turn around and they're taking three steps back. And this is the way that it's been for quite a while now. Again, Mike Miller, the interim coach right now for the Knicks. Their next game is at home against Indiana on Saturday. And then they head out west for uh, a four-game uh, stint out west. By the way, Points Bet Sportsbook uh, has some odds out there. The only odds that we see out there. And it's, it's hypothetical odds, by the way. So here are some of the names out there considering... Um, being hired, the next head coach of the Knicks. Mark Jackson at plus 200. Jeff Van Gundy at plus 650. Patrick Ewing at plus 900. Rick Pitino at plus 3,000. And this is where it really gets silly. Whoopi Goldberg at plus 10,000. I mean, really. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Turning our attention to the NFL for the remainder of the show, uh, we'll dive into some Giants and some Jets talk, what the spread is, the over-under, and uh, also some future bets out there as we get closer and closer to the end of the season. But first, let's take a look at some of the Week 4 lines that came out and some of the really great, interesting games that are on the docket for week 14. Ravens at the Bills. It opened up at six. And guess what? It still is at six. A little surprising to me. Well, actually, um, opened up at six throughout the course of the week, went down to uh, Ravens favored by six. Then it went down to like Ravens favored by four and a half, Ravens favored by, by five and a half. And then now it's back up to six. I, I, I love the Ravens getting six. I'll dive into all the reasons why um, it, coming up in our second hour. 49ers at the Saints, another big game on tap on Sunday. The Saints opened up at three and a half, then it dipped to three. Now it's Saints minus two and a half. So uh, what does that tell you? A lot of money is uh, coming in on the 49ers side. Uh, I guess uh, some of the wise guys in Vegas and, and, and some of the general public just feel that the uh, the 49ers defense outweighs the Saints offense this season. So we'll see what happens. But right now that line is at Saints minus two and a half. Um I'm just going to share with you the the Jets and the Giants line um, 
Not that those are big games on the docket, but they're big to us here in New York City, right? So the Dolphins at the Jets, that line opened up at six, uh, and then now it's dipped to five. So money flowing in on the Dolphins side. And and I think a big reason why is because the way that they've been playing with Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, this team just uh, showing up each and every week, trying to be competitive, even though they really don't have a lot of talent on that roster. It's just it. Uh, it screams how well that the, the, the coaching has been for the Dolphins this season. So maybe the the Dolphins do have found the right guy. But right now it's it's Jets minus five. Um, Broncos at Texans. Uh, it opened up at seven and a half and then it went up to eight and a half. It's now at nine. So a lot of money coming in on the Texans. I'll tell you what, this Broncos team... Uh, their defense, Vic Fangio has their defense playing extremely well. If this line goes up to 10, I'm all over it. I like the Broncos getting 10. Right now, again, the line opened up at 7.5. It's up to 9. I like the Broncos getting 10. And if uh, the public money continues to stream in, uh, especially since Drew Locke now has been appointed the starting quarterback of the Broncos, he started last week and he'll start again this week, um, I would not be surprised if that line jumps up. Uh Another, obviously, the Chiefs and the Patriots. That line opened up Patriots minus three and a half. It's now at three. Why I think a lot of money is 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 on the the Kansas City Chiefs side, especially as uh, poorly as the Patriots have been playing as of late. I love the Chiefs getting three. I actually think the Chiefs went outright. So I'm going to play this on the money line as well. Again, coming up in our second hour, I will dive into all my plays for this week. Uh, Steelers and Cardinals. Steelers still in the hunt. Steelers minus one and a half. Uh, that line now has gone up to minus two and a half. So uh, money flowing in on the Steelers side of the ball again just their defense is 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 really really fantastic and the cardinals laid a a big fat egg last week i thought the cardinals were going to win last week but boy did they get their butts handed to them how about the tennessee titans how well they've been playing with ryan Tannehill? unbelievable they're at the raiders that line opened up at three and it has stayed at three so uh the seattle seahawks at the rams that's your sunday night game line the line opened up at seattle minus two and a half it's now rams minus one Wow, Rams might so money flowing in towards the Rams side, which is very surprising to me, considering how well Seattle has 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 looked and has played this season. Uh, they've they're they're just they've been so good. I'm I'm really surprised how that line has changed. And last but not least, the Giants and the Eagles. That's your Monday night game. It opened up at Eagles minus eight. It's now at Eagles minus nine and a half. So money flowing in on the Eagles side. And I wonder if uh, if that's the case because of the expectation that Eli Manning is going to start at the quarterback position, which I actually feel uh, bodes well for the Giants. I think the Giants would have won more games this season and very well as, as, as disgusting and as disappointing as this NFC East division has played this season. I think if the Giants would have stuck with Eli Manning as their starting quarterback, I think there's still, say there's a chance, I think there still would be a chance for this Giants team uh, to win this division. 
because uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles are just playing horrific football right now. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This week's Nuggets, because I'm about to bring you a lot of nuggets pertaining to the Giants and the Eagles game, uh, brought to you by Sticky's Finger Joint, whose mission is to serve the best damn chicken fingers you've ever tasted with all natural premium ingredients made from scratch and 18 homemade dipping sauces, eight locations in New York City and two in New Jersey inside the outlets of Bergen Town Center and Bridgewater Commons. Sticky Finger Joint open seven days a week. For more or to order online, make sure you go to stickies.com. Also want to give a shout out to, uh, to, to a number of people who head into Stickies. I love it. They go into Stickies and uh, they hit me up on social media. They send me a photograph of their sticky meal and the sauces, their dipping sauces, and I love it. So I, I love to hear how people are, uh, are trying out Stickies because they hear it here on 98.7 ESPN. Any update on your sauce, Anita? Um, yes, it so so they're go, they're going to launch some new sauces in uh, in 2020. So um, it looks like there's the possibility that the Anita Awesome Sauce is going to be launched in 2020. But apparently, so far, they've gotten rave reviews in regard to the taste testings that they've had. Well, that's awesome. I think so. So we'll see what happens. 800-919-3776. Wilson, I'm going to get to you in just a quick second. By the way, let's give a shout out. Um, we've got Anthony and Joel who are who are producing the show tonight. So as always. Um, and Giselle, sorry. And Giselle. Hi, Giselle. <laughs> so um, let's, let's talk about some nuggets here for the Giants and the Eagles game, okay? So uh, Giants... Getting nine and a half, the over-unders at 45. Here are your nuggets that you need to be in the know about. Under Doug Peterson, the Eagles are five and one straight up against the Giants, but two and four against the spread. The Giants are 31st in points allowed per game on the road. The Eagles are allowing 18 points per game at home, as opposed to 29 to 30 per game on the road. So obviously better at the link. The Giants have uh, trailed for 80% of their offensive snaps, the highest rate in the in, in the NFL. And the Giants have allowed a league-high 15 touchdowns from outside the red zone this season. Explosive plays, that's what we like to call it. Carson Wentz will be the starting quarterback for the Eagles. The Giants' defense is allowing 16 passing points per game and have allowed top 10 scoring quarterbacks this season, including five in a row. Alshon Jeffrey, he returned last week, and he got 16 targets, put up 137 yards and a touchdown. The Giants have allowed a league-high 13 receiving touchdown to opposing wide receivers so far this season. Saquon Barkley has not been the vintage Saquon Barkley that we anticipated him to be this season. But how about this? Last year, two games against the Eagles, put up 370 yards and scored three touchdowns. I do believe with with Eli Manning at center, I think it, it's going to open up things a little bit more for Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley has a much better game this week against the Eagles than he has in previous weeks. Um, also for the Eagles, Zach Ertz, um, he's definitely has great games against the Giants. Um, just a, a few, uh, seven receptions, 91 yards and a touchdown. 
seven receptions, 43 yards and a touchdown, six receptions, 56 yards and a touchdown, eight receptions, 55 yards and a touchdown. The common denominator here is Zach Ertz always scores on the Giants. So that could be a good prop bet for you. Zach Ertz scores a touchdown. Miles Sanders, by the way, doesn't look like Jordan Howard is going to play this week. So it looks like it's another heavy dose of Miles Sanders. And the Giants defense is 23rd in rushing points allowed per game to opposing running backs. Here's something very interesting for Eli Manning. It'll be uh, the first game that he's playing with Golden Tate. Imagine that. Uh, Eli Manning was benched pre-Golden Tate returning to the roster. So Eli's going to have Golden Tate. He's going to have Sterling Shepard. He's going to have Darius Slayton. Evan Ingram is expected to play, which is great, which is great news for the Giants. Um, How would I play this? Um, I am not touching this line at all uh, because the Eagles have just been god-awful. What Eagle team is going to show up on Monday night, I don't know. But you know what I am going to play? I'm going to play over 45 points, total points in the game. I think a ton of points are going to be scored here. The Giants' defense is just god-awful. The Eagles' defense is not good. And I think Eli Manning comes out and passes for almost 300 yards and two, maybe three touchdowns. And you know who I think he's going to target a lot? I think he's going to target Sterling Shepard because that's his comfort zone. He's never played a game with Golden Tate. Yes, practiced a lot, but never played. So the two bets that the the two bets that I really love heading into this matchup is I like the over forty five total points in the game because I think both these offenses are going to put up a ton of points, and the uh, the the stats in regard to the prop bets of what you can wager on for the specific players haven't been released yet. They probably won't be released until late Sunday, if not Monday. But I'm going over everything with Sterling Shepard. I'm going over receptions. I'm going over yards. And I'm definitely betting that Sterling Shepard scores a touchdown. I did see that, uh, by the way, and I, I want to say that that's plus 300 right now, that Sterling Shepard scores a touchdown. So I'm expecting a big game for Sterling Shepard with Eli Manning back under center. Let's go to Wilson in Roxbury. Wilson, welcome in. Hey, Anita, how you doing? Hey, listen, you, you, you're spot on. Listen, I, I'm definitely taking, not only I'm taking the points, I, I think the Giants win this game all right. I just, I can just see Eli just, just vintage, you know, one of those Eli games where he's like, uh, you know, 35 from 45 with three, with three, with 320 on it and three touchdowns, maybe an interception. But uh, I, I think this got a uh, vintage Eli all, all over and, uh, I think the point nine points. I mean, you uh, you can't pass it's, that up. It's it's nine and a half now, Wilson. Yeah, even better. So thank even you, better. thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. I don't know, maybe 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 what I would do in this again. I just don't know because here's 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 what just doesn't sit well with me. Um, the Giants' defense, like I said, is just so horrific, and and we just don't know what Eagles' team is going to show up, right? Like. Is it the Eagles team that lost to the Miami Dolphins? Is that the Eagles team that's going to show up? I, I just don't know. So I, I just have some big question marks. I, I mean, like I said, I'm going to play the o- over total points at 45. I'm going to play everything over on Sterling Shepard. Maybe I play a teaser here and I tease the Giants up to what would it be? Um, so the Giants plus 15 and a half. And then I would tease the over to 39. Okay, that could be a fun play. Let's go to Gary in New Jersey. Gary, you're up. Anita, thanks for taking my call. Good evening. Good evening. Um, I have a two-part question, actually. Um, 
I'm a big Ravens fan, and uh, I just want to know if they get home field advantage. What percentage do you give them of uh, reaching the Super Bowl? Because I know they got to get over the hump with the Patriots, but the Patriots are not playing this thing right now. And my other question is uh, um, Aaron Rodgers, and I really want him to get back to the Super Bowl. I know they have the offense. I'm just worried about their defense. I want to know what, what chances you give them in the NFC. Um, great, Gary. Um, this is what we're going to do. Thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. I have the playoff machine, which I say this each and every year. I'm addicted to this thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to ESPN.com, go to their search engine and put in playoff machine. And what it has, it has week 14, 15, 16, and 17 in the matchups. And so you can go in and you can you just click what team you think is going to win. So you go to week 14. And so, for example, Chicago just won on Thursday night. Um, and then who do you pick to win between uh, Cleveland and, and the Bengals? And you just click the logo and you do it for week 14, 15, 16 and 17. And when you get done with, with week 17, it it lists for you uh, the six teams in the AFC and the six teams in the NFC that based on who you think are, are, is going to win or lose in their matchups starting this week and week 14 all the way to week 17, who's going to advance to the postseason? And I have, well, how about this? How about I'll share it with you when we get back. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so I, the playoff machine. Again, this is this is pretty addicting. If, if you, you haven't played around with it before, uh, let me forewarn you that uh, you're, you're going to become pretty addicted to it. Um, so, again, I, from week 14 all the way through week 17, you sit and you, 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 you pick who you think are going to win for the next four weeks in the NFL in the regular season. Okay, so based on who I've selected, uh, the games that I anticipate them to win, and, and keep in mind some interesting decisions I had here. Like, for example, for example, I have Kansas City beating the Patriots this week, FYI. Um, I have San Francisco beating the 49ers. I have the 49ers beating the Saints this week. So I have San Francisco beating New Orleans. Um I have the Ravens beating the the Buffalo Bills. Okay. In week 15, I want to see if there's any like significant games. I have Buffalo beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have the Tennessee Titans beating the Texans. Um, I have the, uh, the, the Eagles beating the Washington Redskins. Um, all right, week 16, any significant games? This might surprise some folks. I have the Buffalo Bills beating the Patriots in week 16. They off, they off, they almost beat them the first time around. Uh, Josh Allen got knocked out of the game in the fourth quarter, and the Bills had four turnovers that game, and they only lost by six points, and that came down to the final minutes of the game. And I just, I think the Patriots are pretenders this year, not contenders. So I have the Bills winning that game. Um... I'm trying to think. I've got the Minnesota Vikings beating the Green Bay Packers. I've got the Eagles. Here's a very important game in Week 16 because this is what the NFC East is going to come down to. I have the Eagles beating the Dallas Cowboys at home Week 16, and that's going to be that game will decide. That game will decide who out of the NFC East is going to advance into the postseason. And I have it as the Eagles right now. I also have the Tennessee Titans beating the Saints in Tennessee. I there's something about this this Tennessee Titans 
Titans team. And I don't understand why more people aren't talking about them. They're doing something really, really. I, I, I get it. Like we're enamored with the Lamar Jacksons and the Ravens and Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City potentially beating the Patriots, which I think they do. And Watson and and Wilson and um I just don't think like, you know, the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen and the Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill, nothing, no, there's nothing sexy, exciting about it. So I guess we're not talking about it. But this Tennessee Titans team that there's all isn't is it there's always each year there's always one team that you'll hear teams talk about and say, oh, we don't want to we don't want to face them. You know, we make it to the postseason, but we don't that's the team we don't want to play. That's the Tennessee Titans this year, right now. And I know it sounds insane because Ryan Tannehill's the starting quarterback. How'd this even happen? I don't even know. But anyway, so here, based on my win and loss predictions through week 14 and week 17 in the AFC, I've got the Baltimore Ravens with the first seed. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs with the second seed. They'll get the first round by. Week one, I've got the Texans heading to New England to take on the New England Patriots as the third seed. And I have, <clears throat> excuse me. The Buffalo Bills with the fifth seed heading to the Tennessee Titans uh, to take on the Titans in Tennessee with the fourth seed. So that is how I have that planned out based on the win and loss records for the next four weeks. In the NFC, I have the Seattle Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints, both teams having a first round bye. I have the Green Bay Packers as the sixth seed heading to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings with the third seed. And I have the San Francisco 49ers with the fifth seed taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia with the fourth seed, which, by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles would be nine and seven and the San Francisco 49ers would be 13 and three. Do you feel it's about time? That the NFL changes the way they do things where the division winners host the first game, um, especially on wild card weekend. Should it be whoever has the best record should have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs period, regardless if you get in as a wild card. But if you have the better, like, for example, right now, Buffalo would be 12 and four. Tennessee would be 11 and five, but Tennessee would host that game. Is that right? And again, San Francisco would be 13 and three. The Philadelphia Eagles would be nine and seven. And the Philadelphia Eagles would host the San Francisco 49ers. Is that right? So some future bets just to tap into here. Um, The MVP right now, Lamar Jackson is running away with this at minus 320. If you've been listening to the show since the start of the NFL season, I've been telling you to put money on Lamar Jackson. At one point in time, I want to say it was like plus 500, plus 800. Now it's minus 320. Hopefully you listened to me back then and you'll be able to make some money off of it because I think think it's a no-brainer. Lamar Jackson wins the MVP. Offensive Rookie of the Year said the same thing to you, Josh Jacobs. You know, at one point in time, don't forget, Daniel Jones was favored as the offensive rookie of the year. Um, and at that point in time, Josh Jacobs, I want to say, was like plus 1,200. Now he's minus 260. Too much. I mean, I, for me, these are sure bets that are going to happen. But that's just a lot of juice to put down. It's just a lot. So Lamar Jackson minus 320, Jacobs minus 260. To win the Super Bowl, Baltimore Ravens plus 240. I'm all over that. I don't think, I don't, I just don't see any team 
able to stop this Baltimore Ravens offense. I just don't. And I was listening. I forgot who. I don't. It was it Colin Coward. I was listening to a show this week. I don't remember which one. And they were talking about how the Baltimore Ravens have a playbook that they haven't even tapped into yet that they're saving for the postseason. Plays that they haven't even they haven't even like practiced against other teams. They haven't revealed in any other regular season game because they're just they're 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 saving this playbook for the postseason. So <laughs> I just don't see it. Uh, the the New England Patriots plus four hundred, the Saints plus five fifty, forty niners plus eight hundred, Seattle plus nine hundred, Kansas City plus eleven hundred, and the Vikings plus twenty nine hundred to win the Super Bowl. Uh, to win the conference. To represent the conference, Ravens plus 120, New England plus 180, Kansas City plus 550. Again, I'm all over the Ravens. In the NFC, this is where you get some more big question marks. The Saints plus 190, the 49ers plus 300, Seattle plus 370. The way Seattle's been playing, why not? And the Vikings plus 1,200. Now, to win the division, um, Buffalo has an opportunity to if Buffalo follow me here, Buffalo's nine and three. Pats are ten and two. If the Patriots lose to Kansas City and they lose to the Buffalo Bills, um, and they, both these teams finish at twelve and four, Buffalo wins based on conference wins. They'll have they'll be nine and three in conference wins, where the Patriots will be eight and four. And the Buffalo Bills will win. That's if the Patriots. Here's so, and I let me rewind. I have the Patriots losing to Kansas City, and I have the Patriots losing to the Buffalo Bills, which leaves them at twelve and four. I have the Buffalo Bills losing to the Ravens, but beating the Steelers, beating the Patriots, and beating the Jets, which leaves them at twelve and four. And at that, Buffalo will win the division over the Patriots due to conference wins. You could bet on Buffalo winning that division, the AFC East, at plus 1,200 over New England. How about that? Here's another one for you. The Tennessee Titans, they're at 7-5. and five. The Texans are 8-4. and four. If, uh, if, if Tennessee wins out, they'll win the division. Even if they tie with the Texans, the Tennessee Titans will have a better record in the division and therefore therefore they will win the division over the Texans and you can bet on that at plus 360 for the Tennessee Titans to win the division. In the NFC with the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles, who's going to win that? Dallas minus 150, Eagles plus 125. It's all going to come down to just one game and that's that December 22nd game and I say the Eagles win at home and that's at plus 125. For Seattle and the San Francisco 49ers, Seattle minus 125, San Francisco plus 105 to win the division. <clears throat> and that's going to come down to the final game in week, week 17, I believe, who's going to win that division. Is it going to be the 49ers or Seattle? Week 17, that game is in Seattle. But if you feel San Francisco can do it, plus 105. So, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Eli in Queens. Eli, you're up. Hey, Nito, what's going on? Listen, man. Listen, I have two uh, 
two questions for you. Uh, of course, uh, two, two of my teams are on a bye uh, in my fantasy team. But uh, the, the, the the league that I'm actually in that I'm playing this week, I need a flex help. Should I flex the Singletary, uh, Kurt, uh, Christian Kirk, or Adrian Peterson? Um, well, where Geis really has become the featured back in the backfield for the Washington Redskins, so right there, I I know I, I would not go Adrian Peterson. Um, I, I love the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, so I would not go. I would not go Christian Kirk, and for whatever reason, the Arizona the Arizona Cardinals really, really they disappointed me last week. I, I had them. I, I thought for sure that they just went outright, and they did not. They got their butts handed to them. So, you know, I, I think I think in order for the Buffalo Bills to beat. The Baltimore Ravens, I think they're going to have to run the ball. So I think they're going to be really committed to running the ball. So I think Devin Singletary is going to get a a number of carries, a a number of touches. How successful will he be in that Ravens defense? I don't know. But out of those three, out of those three guys that you just posed to me, I would go. I would go Devin Singletary. I'm not sitting here telling you that he's going to put up a ton of points, but you're talking about a flex play player. Out of those three guys, that's who I'd roll with. Okay, and the other question is uh, for the final week, week 16 of uh, my playoffs. Should I trust uh, Carry on Johnson coming back or stick with Le'Veon Bell? Uh, so here's the thing. Um, I, it'll, it'll be the first game back for Carry on Johnson. So, and, and think about it. Like, don't you think he's going to be on a pitch count? Well, he's, he's practicing. He started practicing this week. I understand. So he's be I know. I, I know. I know. I know. He's practicing, but typically, you know, like for example, Darius. The same thing happened with Darius Geis. Like Geis's first week back, he was on a pitch count. You know, now now he's really not, like now he's really revealed, right? Like now he's getting a ton of carries, and in fact, I love him heading into this week, but. But that's the risk that you're taking with Johnson is that it'd be one thing if he's coming back and we know that he's going to be able to suit up and play in week 15. And so now he's got week 15 under his belt and now he's he'll be ready to rip in week 16. But it'll be his first game back. And for a championship week, Eli, that scares me. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? So Bell, you, Bell, uh, Le'Veon Bell scares me too. <laughs> well... Uh, here's here's another thing. I, I, you might not even have this decision to make because there's. I, I think there's a sh- there's a chance that Le'Veon Bell will be shut down by then. He's dealing with injuries. So uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know what I mean. So you, you 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 might you might not have an opportunity to even that might not even be a, a choice. Here's some guys that I would keep an eye on. Alexander Alexander Madison, back up to to uh, Delvin Cook. Is he available on your way? Like, there's certain guys right now that I would pick up. Like, Dalvin Cook is injured. So, Alexander Madison, he's his backup. I would Now, Dalvin Cook is saying that he's going to play this week. Okay, that's this week. But he's not 100%. He's dealing with a chest injury. So, I would hashtag run, don't walk. I would go pick up Madison right now and put him on my roster. Just in case Cook can't go, you've got Madison in that backfield. Another guy that I like is Darwin Thompson. 
Darrell Williams was placed on IR today. Darian Williams has not been healthy. And LaShawn McCoy is pretty old and they want to limit his touches because they want to keep him fresh and healthy and ready for the postseason because Kansas City is expecting to go into the postseason. So Darwin Thompson is a guy that I think down the road, down the stretch, if guys can't stay healthy, is going to get the, the really the bulk of the carries in the action in the backfield. It, it might not be this week. It might not be next week, but it could be week 16, and that's a risk I'm willing to take. So those are two running backs that if I were you, I would uh, I would pick up in free agency and I would store on my roster. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We just had a caller who called in asking some uh, fantasy football advice. I came across this uh, this the other day and I wanted to share with you this is pretty interesting so most common players in ESPN fantasy playoffs so for folks who have advanced to the playoffs in the postseason here are the players that are most um, I hate to use the word owned these are the players that um, that are on majority of rosters okay we'll, we'll, roll, we'll roll with that so here we go Christian Christian McCaffrey first and foremost okay so and and also, what I'm going to share with you here is their average draft position, where they went in the draft, okay? So Christian McCaffrey um, went in the first round. Dalvin Cook went in the second round. Lamar Jackson went in the 10th round. How about this? The New England Patriots. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, and, and it's a philosophy that I, I go by. I don't draft my, my – I don't – so if it's a 16-round draft, I don't draft my, my defense until the 15th round, and then I, I draft my kicker in the 16th round. But the Patriots – out of the majority of teams that have advanced to the postseason, um, it's it's the fourth most owned defense this season. Why? Because in the beginning of the year, the teams that they faced were horrific, and they were putting up anywhere between ter- 20 to 30. I want to say there was one week that I went up against the Patriots defense, and they put up 40 fantasy football points. 40 from a defense. Unbelievable. Darren Waller went undrafted, tied in for the Oakland Raiders. Chris Godwin went typically in the fourth round. Mark Andrews went in the twelfth round. DJ Chark Jr. went undrafted, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Derek Henry went in the third round. John Brown undrafted. DJ Moore went in the fifth round. So what I did is I I I, I went and I I took the players. Um, at the top of the list and put them through a draft. And here's a realistic draft for you that could have happened. And if this is the way that your draft panned out, you'd probably be undefeated this year. You ready? Lamar Jackson is your starting quarterback. He went in the 10th round. Okay? Chris uh, Christian McCaffrey, as your starting running back, he went in the first round. Dalvin Cook, as your second running back, he went in the second round. Derek Henry as your flex play. He went in the third round. Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks, he went in the fourth round. DJ Moore, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, he went in the fifth round. Sixth round, wide open. Seventh round, Austin Eckler, by the way, especially in PPR leagues. He's he's actually had a better season than uh, than Melvin Gordon. Your 8th, ninth, 10th, and 11th round pick open. At 12, tight end Mark Andrews, 
for the Baltimore Ravens. Your 13th, 14th, and 15th pick wide open, and at 16, you get, the, you get the San Francisco 49ers defense. Guess what? With just those players that I mentioned, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Godwin, DJ Moore, Eckler, Mark Andrews, and the 49ers, you probably would have gone undefeated this season. Isn't that interesting? I think it is. All right, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the Jets for a hot second. The Jets minus five and a half. The over under at forty five and a half against Miami. Here are some good nuggets for you. Brought to you by Sticky's Finger Joint. So, since switching back to Ryan Fitzpatrick in Week Seven, the Dolphins have scored a touchdown on twenty six percent of their offensive possessions. Prior to going to Ryan Fitzpatrick, eight percent. For all you. Giants fans out there who wanted Josh Rosen to come to the Giants. Yeah, okay. Huh. 8% all the way up to 25% with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a journeyman. Unbelievable. Um, Jets running backs are averaging less than a yard before contact. Fewest in the league. League average is somewhere between like almost two yards before contact. Jets quarterbacks have been pressured on 44% of their dropbacks, the highest rate in the league. The league average is at 34%. So 10% more Sam Darnold is getting pressured than other quarterbacks in the NFL. The Dolphins rank 32nd in yards gained off explosive runs, while the Jets rank 31st. So not a lot of explosive runs for either of these organizations. 25% of Miami's rushing attempts have failed to even gain a yard. Can we marinate in that for a minute? 25% of Miami rushing attempts have failed to gain a yard. 30% of the rushing attempts against the Jets have failed to gain a yard either. So does not look like it's going to be a big day. Um, for Patrick Laird, who is expected to get the start at the running back position for the Miami Dolphins. Devontae Parker has been really fantastic as of late. Um, He's got double-digit targets in uh, each of his past four games, so he is the go-to guy for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Le'Veon Bell has rushed 27 times for 98 yards combined in games versus the Dolphins and the Bengals, uh, the league's two worst run defenses. So uh, matchups really aren't the issue here with Le'Veon Bell. He's just not having a great season. Um, Anyway, 800-919-3776. So anyway, before we take a break, let me just say, how would I play this game? I'm not playing this game. Like before, when I talked about the Giants, what would I do? I love the over in the Giants game. I love the over on everything with Sterling Shepard. Maybe I tease the Giants up to plus 15 and a half, and I tease the total to 39 and I'm going to go over the total of 39 with this game. I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole. There is no way um, that I am going to even put a penny on this Jets-Miami Dolphins game because I don't know what can happen. What Jets team is going to show up? And the Dolphins, they're playing so hard. So the Jets, obviously the better team on paper, um, but the Miami Dolphins, they're playing so hard for their new head coach, and Ryan Fitzpatrick has really been sensational. This season, it's 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 really it's 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 unbelievable. So I'm staying away from that Jets game. This is the weekend wager with Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN. All right. So uh, before we do get to your calls, uh, really quick, um, 
So uh, NFL win totals for this season. Uh, the Patriots, uh, they're at 10 wins. The over-under was at 11. Uh, I think we're all in agreement that they're going to they're gonna meet, meet that. They're going to... They're going to have over 11 wins. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, their expectation over and a ha- over seven and a half. Well, they've got 10 wins. The Seattle Seahawks over under eight and a half wins. Well, they have 10 wins. So uh, they were able to accomplish that. The Saints, uh, 10 and a half. So uh, they win. They beat the San Francisco 49ers this week. That over will come through. The Baltimore Ravens, eight and a half. I told folks, take the over here. I had a feeling they were going to be so amazing this year and sure enough they are they're at 10 wins so that bet already won the Green Bay Packers at 9 so if the Green Bay Packers win this week uh, that over comes in the Buffalo Bills at 6.5 same thing I told folks take the over here hopefully you did they've already won they've got 9 wins so uh, a number of teams uh, looking to uh, try to get that over how about this the Tennessee Titans um, 8 wins over under they're at 7 wins right now I do believe that that, that does cover I, I didn't instruct anyone to do anything there I had no excited no expectation the Tennessee Titans would be this good especially with Ryan Tannehill somebody pinch me what is going on the Colts with no Andrew Luck that over under went down to six and a half they're at six wins right now I don't think any of us expected Jacoby Brissett to do this well so they should get the over there the Oakland Raiders this is another surprise over under six wins they're at six right now I do believe they at least win one more game the next few weeks so um, I think that comes in what's not going to come in uh, the Giants at five and a half. They only have two wins on the season, so no, that's not going to happen. Here's probably the biggest surprise. The Atlanta Falcons, over under eight and a half wins. They only have three wins, so that's not going to come in. The Jets, seven and a half over under. They only have four wins. What about the Chargers? What's more disappointing? The Atlanta Falcons, their expectation was over under eight and a half. The Chargers, nine and a half. Doesn't look like either of those teams are going to meet that. And I did tell people the Cleveland Browns were going to be a poop show. Hopefully you listen to me. The over-under, with all that amazing talent on that roster on paper, nine and a half wins. I told people, take the under, take the under. Sure enough, only five wins on the season. We'll see what happens for the remainder of the of the games. But uh, that is not going to go over. And the Philadelphia Eagles, boy, nine and a half. Right now they're at five. They'll be lucky if they win nine games and maybe at nine and seven. They make it to the postseason. That's just unbelievable. So uh, just to kind of give you an idea of uh, what the win totals were heading into the season. Uh, My three big plays this week, the Ravens minus six against the Buffalo Bills. Why? For a number of reasons. Uh, This is a, a Ravens team. They're scoring 33 points at will per game. They even uh, they beat the number one and number two defense. Uh, heck, Lamar Jackson rushed for over 100 yards against the 49ers last week. It's just ridiculous. And the Bills, they're rushing defense. Good defense, but overall their defense rushing is ranked 24th in the NFL. So uh, the matchup just does not bode well for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and I think ever since the Buffalo Bills made that that. Uh, trade with the Seattle Seahawks for Marcus Peters. Uh, no team has put up more than 20 points against them on defense. So I love the Ravens minus six. Kansas City plus three. I also like them on the money line. Why the Pats, the last five games offensively, 24th in yards per play and 26 in touchdown rate. Uh, they're just, their offense has been horrible. They can't run the football. Brady doesn't trust his wide receivers. Brady is last in completion percentage when under pressure. 
and um, and this is a Kansas City team that can get to the quarterback and pressure the quarterback. And they're just not good against scrambling quarterbacks. So I love Kansas City plus three. Also, I'm going to play Kansas City on the money line. And last but not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers minus two and a half against Arizona. Why? It's all about this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Um, opponents um, are only scoring on 17% of their possessions the last four games against the Steelers. They have the second best QB pressure rate in the NFL. And not one quarterback has rushed for over 100 yards against them. Unbelievable. Even though Devin Hodges is going to be the starting quarterback, I still like them. Arizona is allowing a league-high two red zone touchdowns a game. So those are my three plays this week. See uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers minus two and a half, the Ravens minus six, and the Kansas City Chiefs plus three. Um, let's go to Jose in Union City. Jose, go. You've got about 30 seconds. All right. I got two flag spots of full PPR league. I have Singletary. James Washington, Debo Samuels, and Drake. I love I love James Washington against Arizona. Who's your other one? Um, Singletary, Debo Samuels, and Kenyon Drake. Yeah, um, I would go Singletary, and I would go. I love James Washington because Juju Smith Schuster is out, and Arizona is just their defense is just god awful. Um, I don't know who, who who's more god awful, the Giants defense or the Arizona Cardinals defense. Can't be sure. So, but I love James Washington today. Also, uh, that's another prop bet that I'm I'm going to play this week is uh, a lot of over on James Washington. James Washington on receptions. Date James Washington on yards as well. This is the weekend wager with Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.